Welcome to the Reconciliation Conversation. We want this podcast to be a space where we can expose hate, encourage love, equip for healthy reconciliation, and emphasize unity so that all people can know their value together as one. Welcome to another edition of the Reconciliation Conversation podcast. As always, my name is Derek Delane. I'm here with my man, Jason Dukes. What's up, bro? How you doing? What's up, man? Glad that you are with us. Glad to be with you and excited about our guest today. No doubt. No doubt. Well, without further ado, let's let's jump in. So uh, our next guest is from the Memphis area. She is a female vocalist for Diverse City, uh, which is Toby Mack's uh, music group. She's a mentor for an all-girls choir called Angel Street. Singer, songwriter, worship leader. She is living her dream uh, in her pursuit of music career ladies and gentlemen our guest Tarian. how is it going today Tarian? man it's been a beautiful day it really has um my mom and little sister has been spending the night with me the past few nights my husband's out doing crew work on the road so so i've been kicking it with them so it's been good that's awesome nice yeah. nice it's always good to have uh, have family around well listen we we want to jump right in uh uh for our listeners we we would love for you to just tell us a, a brief overview of your of your story. Uh, you know, if you want to go as personal as you're as you're comfortable with, um, but include in that your your journey into to where you are now uh, with music. Cool. Uh, so I grew up in North Memphis, uh, which is the hood in Memphis, Tennessee. Uh, and my granddad was a pastor. Well, still is a pastor actually. Um, and my dad was the assistant pastor of that church until cool. he got own ministry a few years ago. Um, and I started singing in the church. Uh, the way it worked was they just call you up. You got to be ready. And so I was like five. (laughs) 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 I was like five years old and they were like, princess, come give us a song. And I was like, okay, cool. I would love to, uh, stepped up there, remixed the ABC song. And they were like, Oh, Man, like, <laughs> I think this girl's got a voice, you know, so they kept calling me up to sing, like, all the time. Uh, so shout out to my and Carolyn, because she is the reason, like, I am singing today. It started there. Uh, and then just every season of my life, the Lord brought along mentors to help nurture the gift he had given me. Um, and that just helped me become better, gave me more opportunities. Um which led to where I am today. Uh, I mentioned Angel Street before we started filming this uh, and Angel Street meeting my manager through that uh, mm-hmm. and her just going into the Christian music industry <laughs> uh-huh, and just like knocking down doors, man, and just being bold and being like, yo, mm-hmm. this girl here from Memphis, I'm telling you, just give her a chance. Uh, and yeah. uh yeah, so so shout out to Jill. Jill is my Jill Dyson is my manager. She's also the founder of Angel Street as well, uh, and, and it's a powerful work that they're doing in North Memphis, which is where I grew up. Um, seeing these girls be impacted the same way I was uh, my senior year of high school when I joined Angel Street it has been such a blessing to watch. Um, and and I guess I'll say exactly how I got to Toby's team. Um, the nonprofit in my neighborhood called Oasis of Hope. Uh, the executive director of that knew Toby's manager. I guess they met at a random like event somewhere. Um, mm-hmm. And he's always had that that connection and was just like, yo, Tarion, if you ever want to be connected to Toby Mac, let me know. I'd be glad to connect you to his manager. Sure. 
I didn't know who Toby Mac was. So I <laughs> had no idea who he was. Um, I did not know contemporary Christian music was even a thing. All I knew was gospel music and R&B. That's it. Um, so, yeah. so once I, you know, realized what to- who Toby was, I was like, oh, I sure, I guess we should, you know, maybe pursue this team and see what happens. And my manager said it out of her mouth. She was like, Tarion, we got to get you on Toby's team. We're going to get you on Toby's team. I'm like, sure, if you think we, we can do it, let's go for it. And we hit up that connection we had to Toby's manager. Um, we called Dan Pitts, and Dan Pitts was very kind to have a meeting with us. And Franklin set up a couple of songwriting sessions for us with some of the guys that they typically send new artists to. He was just trying to gauge and see what kind of an artist I would be. Um, and originally, we weren't even talking about joining Diversity. It was just a sign to the label. And the Lord yeah. had it such a way that I came around this team when Nerva was leaving Diversity, which was Toby's like 17 year long female background vocalist. Um, hmm. And so I got to join Diversity and got signed to the Goatee in the same year. Um, and I mean, just talking about a complete dream come true to get to work with a team that's just like after the Lord's heart. Um, hmm. And so, so, yeah, I'm super grateful for, for this journey. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, I mean, thank you. Number one, thank you for sharing your your journey. But obviously, as a musician, uh, I would love to hear. We would love to hear what what music has inspired you uh, and is currently inspiring you the the most. Yeah. So uh, the sound that I knew I wanted to get into uh, probably about six months ago was like I want to be as soulful as I possibly can be for the CCM world (laughs) so that uh led me to listen to more old school soulful stuff uh so every now and again I'm I'm trying to listen to like some Stevie stuff that I really like um or some Lauryn Hill that I really like um to that is finding a producer within the CCM realm that can produce that kind of a sound. Um, and mm. thankfully we found that. So it's been really, really fun writing these new songs. Um, and I finally like have my sound. Um, and of course I am super encouraged by worship music in general. Um, I've been a worship leader for six years, I think since like 2014, awesome. I got, like, fresh out of house high school, I got to start doing that thing. Um, and so Whenever I'm writing worship music, I'm just like trying to find the right chords and <laughs> and just got the Bible <laughs> wide open, looking at looking through scripture and just all that. Um, so so yeah, it's 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 fun to just pull from different people who have done it well and who have succeeded. Yeah, yeah. I love that, and I think the I love how you when you came into the game, how you're like, man, I I want to create a sound or have a sound that like I'm calling comfortable with that i'm familiar with to essentially diverse uh, a a genre of music that historically has not been diverse so i became believe around 16 i was heavy into you know hip-hop so on and so forth Mm -hmm. and i had a lot of guys who were discipling me like handing me albums so on and so forth as the matter as a matter of fact uh one of the albums that the game was like uh was dc talk that you know uh, toby is on and um and i just remember thinking like yo this (laughs) This ain't the move. Like I just, <laughs> it just wasn't. It wasn't me. It wasn't yeah. me. I'm being real. It, yeah. it wasn't me. And so to, to have someone come into it with the perspective of like, hey, I I want to do something that is comfortable to who I am, and like how God has wired me. 
I think that's yeah. I think that's huge. That's huge. That's, um, so because there's cool. there's enough people trying to fit in, right? Like we need someone who can like step yeah. step outside the comfort zone yeah. a little bit. I'm glad you're doing that. It's funny that you said somebody that can. Uh, you know, just kind of step outside of the comfort zone. I think initially, because I I realized just because you love a sound of music doesn't necessarily mean that's the sound of music that you should go for. Um, and at mm, first, right. I was writing a lot of like Christian pop music. And I was like, man, why am I going back and forth so much on like, if I dig this or not, <laughs> you know? Um, yes. And I don't think that's your sound. It's just as simple as that. And the, the cool thing about soulful music is that it's so timeless. Pop music like changes so often over yeah. time. You always have to ride the wave that pop music is on. And I'm like, man, soul music has kind of been the same sonically since the very beginning, um, with mm -hmm. just like hints of modern twist on it. So, so I'm super grateful that I just feel at home finally again, <laughs> you know, with, uh, with the sound. So, yeah. That's so it. good. I love it. Yeah. Mind so you good. now, I, I, I've diversified and I've I, I've listened to some Toad Mac stuff now too. I'll just say that I didn't oh. want to make it seem like yeah. I, well, no, and and I, <laughs> I, I get it. I I don't know him. I don't know him like Tyrion does, but I would say I can't imagine that he would be offended if you said to him, Derek, "Hey, your stuff for recently is a little bit better than that old rap than that rap back in the day." Like. uh he would, I think he would agree. I think many people, people, we gonna, we gonna, but no offense, Tony, we love you. You're not like, going down let's, that let's, fast. Let's, let's honor him. Let's honor him for a minute that he, 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 bro, he develops a lot of other people in this town. Yeah. He pours into. Yep. And so we want to honor that, him for that. that. I know. That I know. Yeah. But he's yeah. better today than he was back on that free at last album. Let's go ahead and say it. Let's go ahead and say it. So, but I'm, I'm, oh, I'm like, I, I mean, I'm like you, Derek. I grew up, I grew up on hip hop, and so I still listen to it. And and uh, and 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 so it's funny to me when when people would give me those albums growing up. I, I the best one they ever gave me was a group called SFC. I don't know if you ever heard of them. They were no. like they, they and they weren't even that great, right? But they yeah. were they were much yeah. better than the other stuff people were giving me. Um, yeah, because I was I was too hooked on Run DMC and and, yes. and if we want to go yeah. off on this Easy E and Tupac and and if I'm if I can be <laughs> if I like is it okay to say NWA like I mean dang like I, I might get ostracized like as a pastor we might we might edit that out. we got edit that out. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but like. That, uh, that's what I grew up on. Like I, st I try to forget those lyrics now, right? You know what I'm saying? <laughs> but um, but anyway, all that to say, love what you're doing with that, and and we're excited to highlight those songs to folks, uh, those singles that you got that you got going. Yeah, dude. So, thank you. So you know, reconciliation conversation, the name yeah. of this of this uh, of this podcast, and you know, racism, anti-racism, and, and where we are right now in, in, in 2020 culture in America. In, in your story, we've talked so far about where you come from, about music, um, that kind of thing. And, but, but when it comes to that topic, when it comes to what's going on right now around us that's very vivid and very in our face, what's a, what's a, what's a story maybe from your own experiences as to why this is something that grabs your attention uh, 
and why it's something we need to really be paying attention to. Yeah. I, like I mentioned earlier, I grew up in the hood. Um, and uh, I think the biggest issue with racism is that it is systemic. And mm. I think the oppression of black communities is a systemic racism issue, um, which is why I'm, I'm really grateful these conversations are being had um, now, finally, after all of this time. Um, and, and I personally, I've had like a couple of like minor instances, but nothing to where like, I felt like my life was in danger. Um, now yeah. my dad on the other hand and my husband, like that's a mm. completely different thing. Um, and, this might sound crazy, but I believe one of the reasons I haven't felt threatened or been in harm's way in regards to racism is one, because I'm female, and then two, because I'm light-skinned. It seems mm. that what has happened is darker-skinned people have been seen as more of a threat to Sweet. law enforcement and sometimes to other races and sometimes to our own people. Um, mm. And my my dad and my husband are both darker skinned males. Um, and, and so they are automatically seen as a threat. Um, and, and something I, I think the thing that could fix this one is we've got to really like handle the perceptions we just have of people. Like yeah. I can't call out, um, any preconceived notions another race has about me, if I'm going to be the same way about you and your people, you know? Um, and, and so it starts there. It's like, can we first and foremost treat everybody as human because, and, and not these preconceived notions you have about the ethnicity of a person. Um, yeah. and two, reformation within law enforcement. I think there has been a great lack of accountability, which is why we are outraged. <laughs> it's like yeah. you aren't holding these officers accountable enough. That's that's what we want to see. Um, and, you know, the fact that Chauvin, the guy who uh, had his knee on Floyd's neck, um, had, I think, 13 prior, like, you know, complaints yes. against him, you know? And so I'm like, We've got to be a bit stricter than we've been before because that could have been prevented. I, I, I don't know. Personally, it's like, I don't know. There might need to be like a three strikes and you're out kind of thing. Um, probably not even that, you know, but but just hold people accountable. Um, and and I, don't, I don't think all cops are bad by any means. I think there are incredible cops who are deeply offended by the actions of these bad apples. Um, and, and so I, I think we got to come after the issue, the, the system. I think that's the biggest, the biggest threat to ending racism. Um, and, and that stops the, the, uh, progression of anti-racism. Man, that's, that's so that's good. good. There's, and to, to be honest, I think obviously when we have conversations like this, right, there's always a lot to unpack. Uh, you know, how do we go about, you know, addressing the system, right? Um, yeah. And I think that, again, just going back, uh, you know, we know that uh, John Lewis, a civil rights activist who just recently passed, you know, uh, in his time, there was a lot that he was doing to change about legislation. Right. right. And I think that's why there's such this there, there needs to be an emphasis on not only voting. Right. I think we just, we just kind of throw that out. Willy -nilly. Hey, go out. And vote. Yes. Right. Go out and vote. But in the voting educate yourself in such a way where you're trying to see who are the individuals who can be put into these positions 
right. to seek change, to, to yeah. speak about this systemic change that needs to that needs to happen. Um, something I tell people all the time, you know, I think it's I think we have become so comfortable with like voting straight party, right? And it's like, it's like, man, what would it look like for us to vote with our neighbor in mind, right? Like, love God, mm. like, you know, love God and then love your neighbor as yourself. What would it look like if I voted for individuals with my neighbor in mind, the way that I'm loving myself, I'm, I'm thinking about that individual to, you know, man, what I just saw happen over here, man, someone can get put in a position to change yeah. that. Um yeah. It's, it's a lot. Like it, it's a it's a big it's a big thing, a big picture uh, that that needs to be addressed, uh, and it's a lot. Yeah, I agree one thousand percent. I also think too we got both sides saying go vote, assuming that we're gonna just go vote for their side because they're telling us sure, to go vote. Side, right? <laughs> and I'm just right. like, wait a second, it don't work like that. <laughs> That's not how it should work it for us. It doesn't. Sadly, a lot of people are going to do that. They're just going to go vote for the person that said whatever they thought, you know, was what should have been said at the moment without looking at, you know, legislation that's going to be passed um, and and just for the betterment of your neighbor, like you said. Yep. So good. Yep. Yeah. And that's what, why I, uh, this is. Go ahead. Go, my bad, Jason. Go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, you're good. I, I just was going to say one, one thing real quick. I think I want to remind our listeners that that we can get caught up in sensationalism and miss the substance. Yep. Right. And, and, and that's what I hear you saying. Like, I, like I, that's what I, that, that's what I'm hurt. I, I grieved over this week a little bit as I'm watching the news, as I'm, as I'm seeing some of the things that are going on right now, I feel like we forgot why this started back at the end of May. Right. Like it was yep. about the fact that the police brutality that you mentioned John Lewis. I mean, he mentioned as a highlight in his speech when he spoke on the same stage as Dr. MLK uh, Jr. On, in, back in 1963, if I remember correctly, right? Which, by the way, he, he spoke a different speech. He changed the speech before he went out there because MLK and Dr. Phillips asked him to change it because it was too straightforward and honest. And if, and if you get a chance, you should Google... You should Google is what this the real speech, speech is. Uh, in, in Washington? Yeah, he spoke on that same stage of the I Have a Dream. And before yeah. he went out there, MLK, and I think it's Dr. Uh, Dr. Phillips, I think it's his last name. He was 73 years old at the time. And, and mm. King was more, I think, in his 30s or 40s. And Phillips was 23. Mm-hmm. I mean, excuse me, excuse me. Lewis was 23. Lewis was 23. Lewis was, yeah, Lewis. And, and so, and so here he was, he had this great prophetic speech and, and the whole highlight of it was, was the, was the way that black brothers and sisters were being treated mainly by police, but by the system that was, that was hurting them and oppressing them. Mm-hmm. And they asked yeah. him, King and, and the other guy asked him to change the speech. There were 10 components of it that he changed. You should Google the original speech. Wow. But, but, I say that to say, like, let's don't miss the substance in our voting. Let's don't miss the substance in this moment because we're, we're getting sensationalized by all the sides and the polarization. And the, all the substance of this was people were getting killed by a group of bad apples that weren't being held accountable. Yep. That's the substance of it. Now, there's more to it than that, right? Yep. We, yeah. we, we've admitted that. We've admitted on this show, multiple people have said yep. there is more to it than that. 
But let's don't miss the substance of why we revved up in this moment, right? I mean, that's the big deal. Man, I'm so with you on that. I think the most disheartening thing initially was seeing just people trying to force other conversations to happen so that the conversation on racism would not happen, you know? And and it it just seems like now looking back on everything and just seeing like how everything has progressed over the past couple of months, you've got both sides doing the exact same thing just in completely different forms. You've got the right saying, well, racism is a fallacy. It doesn't exist anymore. And really, police brutality isn't even the real problem. The real problem is the fact that black babies are being killed in abortions and you got black on black crime. And then you got the left saying, no, 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 let's only talk about police brutality. We only talk about the other stuff. And so I'm like, you guys are both doing the exact same thing and it's driving me a little cray cray, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I think like, just as a believer, we should be outraged about any injustice and any like any sin period. We should not be proud of. We shouldn't be happy about it. That should be a given, yeah. you know. Um, and and I think just can we be just as outraged about everything, you know? But also don't neglect conversations that should happen because they need right. to happen. And the topic of racism has just been avoided. And avoided and avoided and avoiding, and it's like, well, here we are now. I mean, this is a hot mess. I are. mean, we've been trying to deal with this for a long time, and nobody yep. really wanted to just dive deep and do the thing, you know. So, yep. yeah, yeah. So Man. good. Well, let me let me. So I'm a I'm a kind of switch a little bit because you're kind of hitting mm-hmm. on it a little bit and what you're just saying in those last couple sentences. Um, but you are in a group uh, called diverse city right yeah number one there's a reason why it's why it's named that and if you don't you know don't feel like you have to go into like the full nuances to why uh toby decided to to name it that um mm-hmm. but i would love to hear what what is that experience for you been like to be right. a part of a group called diverse city right it's kind of that's that's a funny name uh and and i love it because um i think often what it seems like multicultural churches do. It's like the picture of multi-ethnic, you know, congregations. Um, but it ain't no real diversity, you know, just, Uh-oh. Uh-oh. I'm just I'm like, I'm somebody lying somewhere. This ain't real diverse. If you ask me, um, but <laughs> I love being in diverse city because I think it really is a genuine representation of what diversity looks like. Um, mm. It was really hard for us to not be together around this time because we're always having these conversations. Um, and I think because we all come up in different, you know, neighborhoods, different socioeconomic brackets, obviously different ethnicities, different races. So we've got all kinds of different ideals floating around this bus that we travel on together. Um, and, and I think too, when you understand the heart and the intention behind your brother or sister, you'll be patient and you'll ask and answer and feel free to do that, you know, without judgment coming to you. Um, and, and I think there's um, a closeness of just family that we share um, where it's like if someone, if, if one of the white guys on our bus were to ask one of us a question that would be just, you know, demonized by everybody else, we're not going to approach it that way. You know, this is like, this is our brother asking us a genuine question on why shouldn't I think this way? Or 
what is what's what's the deal with this and and how do you guys truly feel about this why do you feel that way you know and i think those conversations are kind of being shunned a little bit um when sometimes i just feel like i just think people just are trying to know you know and so i i think you've got to just be family man just be family be willing to be family and with that comes you know sometimes tension and friction awkward silence and sometimes it's got to be like well you know uh so guys how about that toast like you know like just (laughs) cover it up with something you know but (laughs) um but but i think we're doing the hard work on that bus and and we're having hard conversations real conversations because i mean you you don't want to be hypocrites and not actually be diverse and stand Mm -hmm. on stage and be like look black and white people coming together and then there's all this division going on backstage you know it it just you know you can't do that so it starts with leadership as well. Toby uh, is really passionate about diverse diversity, um, and and he welcomes that. He opens the floor for that behind the stage, and and that's that's carried this band and why they're still together after all of these years. I love that. I love that. So good. We uh, the thing that you the thing that you said, which I which I love, and and Jason, I've actually we've we've spoken about this. Is you are hitting on a lot of major points that oftentimes we miss in this conversation. And what I mean by that, there is beauty in, in trust in assuming the best, but yep. that trust in assuming the best in those conversations happen in healthy relationship, right? Yep. Yeah. Like there've been multiple times, like off camera where Jason and I are talking and Jason, you know, either he'll he'll say or ask or I'll say and ask and we're like yo like is this okay like for for me to say this out loud is right. it is this okay but there's a level of trust that's been built with us that we can have those conversations right and it's it's not just here it's you know I know Jason has other conver- uh, conversations and relationships with people that don't look like him just as well as I have relationships and conversations with people that don't look like me but it begins with the 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 building that that trust, assuming the best, knowing that there's gonna be some stupid stuff said, right? Like we we understand that, right? Yeah. Um, but think about what relationship that you have been in that has not had stupid stuff said. There isn't any. Right? None. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Relationships are messy. That's like that's part of the beauty of it, right? Like Think about our relationship between us and God, right? Like how messy are we? And yet he is still pursuing us. He is still coming after us. That same grace that he has extended to us. I often think that we miss out on extending that grace to others in the midst of this conversation. Yeah. Uh, and I, it has to change. It, it has to change. I, I Let me get off my soapbox a little bit. My bad. No, I love it, man. I, I think just patience with each other is like, because I, I think the thing that I notice in conversations like this is like people are ready to just like say their point, you know, and rebuttal to the other point that's being made instead of just being like, let me try and put myself in the person who's speaking shoes right now um, and not be so offended easily. Like we get so offended real fast these days. And, and I'm just like, everybody mad. Just mad, like, just take a moment before you respond and speak to be like, okay, I can understand why that person would think and say that about this. Now, let me see if I can offer, you know, just a little bit of critique to that, you know, and and that's kind of, that's what happens on our bus all the time, all the time. Yeah. 
Yep. I love that. I love that. I wish we could just take that snippet that you just said, rewind it and play it again. Um, yeah. Over because and over. That's right. I think over and over and over and over again. Um, the, the whole idea of putting putting yourself in another person's shoes, hearing their perspective and yeah. truly listening, right? Without be like, oh, I'm I'm here to engage in this conversation with you, Tarian, until you say something that like I'm about to jump on. Bond, right like right. i'm just i'm just waiting for that to, to happen that's not that's not a posh a posture of of listening to learn um yep. and i think i think we miss that often in this in the uh the reconciliation conversation right like we want to have a conversation uh but not with the with the end goal to, to reconcile we want to have it to be heard um that's to make right. a point so yep. well i just want to affirm what i, I want to affirm what you said but i want to call out the white skin folks out there for a minute and, and say, I, I notice in my, among other white skin leaders, we don't often even approach the meetings that we're a part of with our church family or the, or the dinner table with our family, or we don't often approach it as learners. Mm-hmm. Right. So, so part of the problem, it, it really is what you just, it's what we're hitting on here. It really is a different posture. Right. Like you, you know, uh, it is a, we're, we're all learners. Like, I, I don't know everything, but I know a bunch of white leaders who all try to approach every meeting. Like they're the smartest dude in the room. Yeah. And we, yeah. and we need to, we need to, we need to humble ourselves and call that out. Whether you're brown skin, white skin, whatever skin, we need to mm-hmm. call it out and say, let's learn with each other. Right. Like uh, to me, and, and and it's just that theological idea that God, the Father, decided to name His Son God with us because we don't have to live for Him; we get to live with Him. Mm-hmm. And at the same moment, He then calls us to live with each other. Yeah. Well, that 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 doesn't work. It doesn't work unless we take a posture of "You matter and are worth dying for," and and I am too. And how do we honor each other and learn from each other? I think it's important. Yeah, I agree. I agree. As we as we wrap up here together, um, you know what 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 would you suggest? You've already given some amazing suggestions, and so you may want to just highlight some of the ones you've given. You may have something else that's on your heart and your mind to say. But what what would you suggest? And I'll even I'll even make it two parts. One. What would you suggest to our listeners out there if they just want to take another step in this in this significant journey toward reconciliation and oneness? But then secondly, if there's a young artist out there, right, like how do you encourage them uh, right. in this and, and be someone that can seek, uh, seek that peace and that reconciliation there as well? For sure. Uh, so to answer the first part, I think uh, it, it just starts person to person. So it starts really small, I think. Um, and really asking the Lord to reveal if there are any, like, uh, if there's any prejudice in your heart against another ethnicity, um, simply because of the color of their skin. Um, and I think that goes for every race of people within the body of Christ. I think sometimes we all grow up with these, you know, ideas of who people are without even knowing them. Um, and we identified them based off of historically what their people have done over time. Um, and, and have to understand that individuals don't even represent a race in its entirety. Um, and so 
give everyone the benefit of the doubt to begin with. Just start there, um, see people as Jesus would see them. Um, and, and that's someone who who deserves or needs grace just like you do. Um, and yeah, start there too. I would say, uh, just start educating yourself, read books, um, that, could just help you in this area, help you in this subject. My friends and I uh, started reading a book together. So you want to talk about race. Um, and that's been really helpful for us to just kind of dive a little deeper into some issues that's been going on in America. Um, chew the meat, spit out the bones, you know. Uh, you know, so I, I think to start the, the next book we'll read is The New Jim Crow, um, which is a more harder read. So with all the stats and <laughs> numbers that, that come along with that book. Oh, yeah, um, I did. Go ahead and get ready for uh, that's, <laughs> that's deep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah um and then watch you know films that educate us on this as well i mean the 13th on netflix is pretty good um and the adaptation of the central park five i think watch that um i know some people were like wait does this really happen behind the behind doors and i'm like you'd be surprised you'd be surprised that you know so so yeah just educate yourself and i i think um because there is a lack of education um we we tend to think things, things aren't really that big of a deal. Um, so, so yeah, cause that education can be eye opening to a lot of things. So read some books. Uh, and to answer your second question, um, I would say to any artist wanting to do this, uh, first, just be sure this is what the Lord is calling you to. Um, don't try knocking down doors that he ain't trying to open for you. Like just start there. Um, and two, if it is, just surrender to his will. Like you've got to be so sensitive to the Holy spirit because not every door that opens is like one from the Lord. Um, and that's something that I've had to be really cautious of, um, walking through this journey. Um, and then, and then to check your intentions, like, are you doing this for the gospel of Jesus or are you doing this to just like be seen and just have fun and just sing, you know? Um, so I, I think the only reason I do this is because I have a conviction that Jesus Christ is the only way um, and that he is Lord and Savior. And music is the way that I get to spread that message and have a platform to speak about Jesus. Um, and, and so just check your heart, check your intentions um, and practice, write, play music, whatever it is that you're wanting to do in this industry, do it, you know, um, and don't let anybody else tell you either that you can't like, I, I know that's, that can be a little cliche to say, but like so often we allow people's like opinions to affect us and affect our walk and, and what, you know, our dreams are. And, and I'm just like, no, man, if the Lord is calling you to do it, like he will show you favor, just be faithful and, and be patient and just like, really really nurture the gift that he's given you um and, and get around the right folks man like don't don't get around snakes don't get around people who are gonna like steer you in a bad direction like yeah. you just gotta be careful man because this platform brings a lot of people you know to watch you and you got a lot of eyes on you people are praising you from left and right like you just gotta make sure you got a good group of people around you that are keeping you grounded in christ um and and will call you out when you're tripping so so yeah yeah. It's good. Mm. That's so good. good. Well, Tarion, uh, thank you, number one. Um, but but two, uh, man, if there if there are individuals who, you know, just kinda wanna follow you, you listen to you a little bit, um, are you on you on Twitter, social media, Instagram, any of that stuff? Are you on any of that? 
Yeah, I am on Instagram at I am Tarian. On Twitter, that's a good question. I, I never pay attention to my Twitter handles. I have no idea <laughs> what to tell you <laughs> in regards to Fair that. <laughs> um, yeah, the same thing for Facebook. I think it's just Tarian on Facebook and YouTube. Type in Tarian and it should come up. Uh, there's there's another Tarian on there. And I'm like, well, she's a white girl. So I'm black, just in case you don't see my face. I'm black. <laughs> 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 there's your indication uh so yeah cool cool well well again uh we just want to say thank you for for joining us uh today on the reconciliation conversation this has been uh, a pleasure um to to get to know you a little bit more and um i'm looking forward to to adding uh another singer uh in on my on my repertoire my my spotify playlist Uh, so thank you very much for for that excited to, to to check you out and share share you with my with my family my little girl she will definitely love to, to mm. listen to you so uh as always uh my name is derek delane i'm here with my good friend jason dukes thank you again for joining us on the reconciliation conversation uh we'll catch you next time as we continue the conversation peace out thank you for joining in on the reconciliation conversation remember you can connect with us on facebook instagram and twitter at the recon combo You can also stay connected with us through our website, reconciliationconversation.com, or feel free to subscribe to our YouTube channel under No More Night Media. We look forward to continuing the conversation with you next time.